You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? A perfect stranger, he's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ, rearranger, you feel my danger. Show with Jay Dubs and Rocky. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Rock in Royal Oak, Michigan. Be sure to find us at podcastdetroit.com. It's Nooner Time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Happy Hump Day. And oh, that was so cute. Wasn't it? <laughs> Where were you? Mommy and huh? daughter. And, uh, and, uh, and it's officially spring. Is oh, it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It sure is. Oh, a little yeah. chilly. What? Come no, back. it's freezing. I, I know. know. At least we didn't get snow. I was just I know. Know. Because But I did hear, is it supposed to snow this weekend? Because I saw it was supposed to, but then I was. it was supposed to be rain, so I wasn't really sure what they, yeah, they had like made up their minds at. Don't, even yeah, put yeah. It into, don't put it in the atmosphere. <laughs> don't. like what they're right. saying in um, New York and stuff. So yeah. oh, what they're getting so, hit right now. Yeah, but you went to Florida. I went to Florida. And you know what? And it was cold. I didn't hear. Good, I'm glad because yeah. you came back. <laughs> yeah, came I knew you'd be glad. I know. No, I I'm know. only kidding. I'm, I was so excited for you to get a, a yeah, week it was, away. It was you fun. needed that. You know, I took. I flew Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a. Um, uh, I had to stop in Chicago. Oh, you did, and not long. Mm, okay. And then on the way back, um, I had uh, no stops. You know, oh, so nice. I was straight nice. through. So nice. I was like, yes. What, what airport did you stop in in Chicago? Uh, Midway. I like uh, I like going to Midway because yeah, it's so it's nice and laid back and, and yeah. And it's yeah, not the main airport, which I hate. Right. I, yeah, every time too. I go to the main airport in Chicago, I would curse I am pay. It's like, <laughs> why does it have to be so flat? Right. Well, <laughs> that's funny. She was saying, so I, I didn't realize there was two airports in Chicago because I've been to oh, the one, oh. but I didn't have, I haven't been to O'Hare, which is where. Oh, you I, have? Oh, no. Okay. So when we got there. Because she was like, you know, make sure you get, you know, get to your connecting flight. And I was just like, oh, it's a small airport. It'd be fine. You know, like, oh, it's not that big. And, and then I get there and I'm like, oh, my oh, no, God. Right. There's you no can't, shuttles. No, or like, can't yeah. get there from no. here. And no, yeah. Right. Just run. Right. Yeah, to get to our next flight. I, know, I get so off the nervous. plane as a, as a polished businesswoman. By the time I get there, it's like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. <in> my luggage. Floundering. <laughs> My brother was like probably 40 paces ahead of me because I'm like, I got little legs. <laughs> That's funny that you said that because when I when I moved to St. Thomas, I my, my daughter um, came to the airport. I'm at the airport getting ready to get on the flight. I'm just in the line to go through um, security. Yeah. 
and she was running late or whatever and barely got to the airport before I left, right? She ran in there. She was like, no, don't go. She was holding my leg and everything. It was just so, and I'm looking at her like, oh my God. I'm like, stop, don't do, you know, and all the people are looking at me. They're like, okay, what's going on? Yeah, really. So by the time I got to Atlanta, which was where I had to stop at, I was like, just, I know I was spent. So I go to my gate. I think I know where and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my other daughter and I'm like, is she okay? You know, and I look up at the board and I'm like, Hey, I don't think I'm supposed to be right here. (laughs) So if you know how Atlanta is, oh Oh, my God, I just made it. It was like all the way. I was like in A or something and it was in in F or G. Oh no, that is a giant airport. Oh my God. And I had on boots. Of course you did. Yeah, of course you were looking fabulous. Yeah, I was. Uh But okay, Rocky's got to get to her her vacation. But I got to tell you about the movie. When I was in Tampa, my last night, my friend rented The Shape of Water. Okay. Oh, that's the one that got all these movies about, right? And I kept saying, I don't want to see a movie because I saw the previews. I was like, I don't want to see a movie about a fish, you know, a fish man, a monster, you know, whatever. Is that what that's about? Oh, my God. It's so much more, though. Okay. (laughs) It was like, she actually had sex with the fish man. What? Okay, now I got to see this. I got to see. Yeah, now you got to see. Yeah, now I got to see how that happened. Okay, seriously, was it a good movie? Because it did win a lot of awards. It did. I. I, It was. I didn't think I would like it, but it was good. Yeah, because Octavia Spencer was good. When the three of us were here, you know, before we both left, you were saying that because they had won, and you were like, "I'm not going to watch that movie." And then, and was that seriously? Yeah, that's in the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. like to okay. see how that happens. Uh, is he yeah. a man or is he a fish? Like, how does that? But it's He's probably intrinsic to the theme of the movie. I it mean, is. it wasn't just gratuitous yeah. fish yeah. sex, right? It is. Because in one scene, she asked, her, her Octavia asked, um, how did he? Because oh, <laughs> <no. laughs> he's like flat. <laughs> Do you want to finish your sentence? No. no? In some circles, that would be called tucked. Right, that's right. He was tucked. That's right. Because that's what I thought of at first when she was like, I said, maybe he was tucked. And and he was. (laughs) Ta-da. Was that the highlight of your trip? Um. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you no, went all no, the way no. to Florida. You left no, me for a week for I that. I went into the a- HSN outlet, so that was my That was your highlight, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. but you had a good week, though? I did. It was good. really fun. It was fun being there with my friend. And, oh, you know, I bet. You, need, you needed a week away, too. Yeah. After. yeah. I was really yeah, was nervous, nice. so that you, because I didn't hear from you at all, and I thought, she's not going to come back to this, because she I just. I wouldn't do that well, to you. Well, you just moved from St. Thomas, and every time we, it snows here, which has been almost she's every like, day. She's well, do we have to I know. Uh, I can't go out today. I can't meet you today. (laughs) Oh, the roads are bad. I'm like, Nora, we can't do this. (laughs) So I'm so glad you're back. Oh, thank you, Jackie. I'm glad you had fun. I wouldn't do that to you. Thank you. And uh, South by Southwest. South by Southwest was amazing. Was it? It was magical. It It was? was. Now, what is South by Southwest? South by Southwest is a big music festival that happens in Texas. And so it's actually turned in. It started as a music festival. Now it's turned in. It's like three the week it's a week long thing and it's three parts they do a tech part in the beginning of the mm-hmm. week film in the middle and the music at the end of the week oh, nice. okay. yeah so it's they have conferences and it's it's a it's a huge festival for the industry so okay. um like it's just flooded with industry people from all over um there's like different um I guess like there's like the lanyards which is kind of like access to everything mm-hmm. then you've got the wristband which is kind of like 
right below that, and then there was like a lot of free shows that you can go to. So, 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 so were you below that? Or we were, we were the bottom of the bottom? barrel. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, with the passes though, because the yeah. pass, like the lanyards, get you into every show, mm-hmm. and they get you into all of the conferences. Mm-hmm. So there's like classes that you can take, and they have oh, speakers wow. that come. So like the, um, uh, like the big, um, I don't know what you call it. Like what are they? Like the big, uh, like I don't know what they are. What? That's not it's an big... arena, but it's like um, oh, like a conference state. center or whatever. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, a conference center. Oh, yeah, like so they, they have, have like meeting rooms. And yeah, all that. Okay, so yeah. Um, but they have like marketing classes mm-hmm. and you know songwriting classes and just like oh, everything. Wow. So like for the industry, for writers, for okay. everything. So um, so it gets you into all of that. And mm-hmm. so um, yeah, we went with um. Our friend Yorg invited us down and got us on a show down there, and um, it was just an awesome experience. We so, went. What was your best part? Well, there was two highlights. Uh-huh. So, the first one was uh, Yorg took us to um, Pharrell's <gasps> Pharrell's private label opening party. Wow! So I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. So it was like <laughs> so it was crazy. Yeah. Thank so we went, <laughs> we went to this like crazy party and we met um, this producer. His name is he's, he goes by Watch the Duck. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but mm-hmm. it's um he's worked with like everybody. So that was super cool to meet him, and he was just like so down to earth and such a nice person, and oh, you know just great. to have that kind of like cool. level of talent and just be so like approachable and mm-hmm. down to earth, so cool. And then my brother and I decided to put on this little. So there's a homeless shelter there. Mm-hmm. And outside the homeless shelter, there's like just like homeless people, like mm-hmm. hundreds of them just outside the shelter. So John Paul and I decided to um, throw a little pizza party for the homeless people. So we went to the shelter and we had oh. to go around town and get all the permissions that we needed. But yeah, we ended up doing like a little impromptu show for them, oh, which wow. we pulled together like the last second. So that was also super, super oh, cool. That's so wow. sweet. Yeah, so it was fun. So it was, those were the two highlights of the. See, that's aren't we nice. glad we raised her right? So, yes. <laughs> yes, I am we are. so happy. I about know. That. And then, <laughs> oh, all you. And, and did you ask Pharrell, um, if he was the, happy? No. Yeah. <laughs> ask him if, if he was happy and, and how do you, how are you happy like a room without a roof? Oh, uh, That's you know, what I've I'll, always I'll send him a message, you know, yeah. I'll send him a message. I think. Yeah. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> they sure have changed conferences from when I was going, when I was going to work as a young person. When I went to conferences, we went there and then we, you know, we'd go to the bars and drink and, and avoid all the conferences and sit by the pool all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are doing community service, right. you're learning yeah. stuff. Right, right, right. You guys, you're young people. Yeah. <laughs> you millennials. <Right. laughs> well, it's uh, funny too, because John Paul, we forgot he couldn't get in anywhere. So my brother, we have a picture he's of him. He's 20. Yeah. No, so he's 19. 19. He's not 20 oh, yet. Yeah, so he couldn't get in anywhere. So we had, there was uh, one venue that we were at. So there was one venue that they rent out the whole thing every year at South by Southwest, and it's only Michigan artists that play there. Oh, oh right. So, yeah, nice. so we went and checked out some of the artists that were from Michigan, and we forgot that John Paul wasn't 21, so we couldn't get in. So outside, there was, like, a fence. So he was standing outside the fence just, like, peeking <laughs> like, in. Like, yeah, it was so funny, though, because so, so he why? couldn't get in. Is, it, is there drinking and stuff? Yeah, because I mean, oh, like, they're, really they're all strict. at bars, and it, yeah, they're really oh, strict yeah. about who they oh, get. Oh, so the second day, we kind of like you know planned for it, and then he got in with a media pass. You you, you bought him a fake ID, yeah. right? I was just going to say, John Paul. I told him to get the fake ID. I know. <laughs> He's like, I don't drink though. I don't need it. I'm like, you need it for things like this. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, next right. year he can plan the the event for the people who are under 21. Yeah, he well, exactly. There you go. they didn't have anything. That's crazy because there's got to be more than yeah. You know, but it was it's it was interesting though because when we were there, like you go to other festivals and there's like big stages outside mm-hmm. and you know like mm-hmm. there's things blocked off and then there's like tents for alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Here it was just all of the bars had music. You know okay. what I mean? Like there wasn't like to what I saw, there weren't any like 
outdoor stages, mm-hmm. excuse me, or anything like that. So oh, okay, it yeah. was interesting. But yeah, it was super cool. We met up with uh, our friends from New York, Easy to God and The yes. Hit List. And uh, then our other friends from Flint, uh, Baybro, we met up with those guys. So it was cool. And oh, we met oh, just so many fun. cool people from Michigan. She had, she had more fun oh, than I fun. did. <laughs> All I saw me. was the shape of one. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> A fish yeah. having sex. Hey, look <laughs> <laughs> That is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that really is. I'm gonna go check that the out. New Fifty so. Shades of Green, right? Though, right? <laughs> of fins. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Fins. There you go. Or of scales. Oh well, don't don't feel bad. You both okay. had more fun than mm-hmm. I did. How's that? What? Well, what? Well, you had fun. Mm. We okay. we heard about it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. We okay. Heard. Well, you can tell me later. <laughs> anyway, but I'm glad you're both back and you both had a We're great time. We're glad to be back so. to the new yes. show. All right. Well, let's get on. We have let's some. An exciting interview today. Let's I know. Before we get to that, though, we got to give a shout out to Tom Stewart Plumbing and Drain, servicing the Metro Detroit Tri County area from leaky faucets to major plumbing repairs. Tom Stewart Plumbing can serve all of your home needs. Give them a call at 586 625 7800, or you can reach them at tomstewartplumbing.com. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. There are certain traits that are essential to achieving our goals. One of those key ingredients to getting what you want is having self-confidence. It is the one thing that can crush fear and overcome most obstacles, and our guest today has it conquered. Cynthia Reeves is a successful tax attorney, an author of several books, and a former owner of the Motown Mansion, and now she is taking on another challenge of becoming a YouTube celebrity with her new vlog called The Skinny Thick. Cynthia opens up about the ups and downs of her weight loss journey towards a healthier lifestyle on YouTube and has invited others to participate in her quest. When Cynthia decides to go for something, she doesn't let fear stop her. How does she tackle those voices of self-doubt? She's here today to share her story from working in the White House to purchasing one of the most iconic mansions in the country. She will discuss her formula for overcoming fear, creating the life you want, and developing a mindset for success. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you for having me. We so are. Excited. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just have to tell you before we really get into this interview. When we met at the um, Motown Mansion auction, um, of course, the whole experience was so cool mm-hmm. for us to be magical. able to. It yeah. was magical. I mean, just to hear the the history of the mansion and the stories behind the artifacts that were being auctioned off. But I have to tell you, the highlight of that day for us mm-hmm. was meeting you and yeah. hearing oh, your it story. Really was. And it I really don't was. think you realize what kind yeah. of impact you made on us because. We watched you after, you know, we had an opportunity to sit with you. And, of course, every other media person, everybody wanted to sit and hear your story. And you were just, like, matter of fact, just telling the story yeah, like, like it was it's your life and it's no big deal. And we left. I know. We were well, like, oh, my yeah, God. He heard, yeah. He was, she did that. And then she's doing this. And you described her perfectly. You said she's an inspirational powerhouse with yeah, this unwavering self-confidence. And it's like. We got to find out how. Like, how does somebody do that? And so there's so much to talk about. We definitely want to talk about Skinny Thick, but mm-hmm. we want to find out about this success mindset that you have and how it developed and 
Um, so we want you to connect the dots. And for the people that haven't heard your story, go back and take us to when you were a child living across the street from Barry Gordy's. Okay. Well, it was the 1960s. <laughs> um, I uh, grew up across the street from Barry Gordy. My parents were both educators. They're both teachers. And, you know, you think about it. I was I was trying to think. I think people who are successful, at least in my case, I'm surprised that I'm successful. I'm surprised that I, I people think that. It's just I go through and I plod through life and I turn around and here I am. And mm-hmm. how did I get here? I don't know. You know, that kind of thing. So I, it's the kind of thing to be thinking about that. And I struggled as I was thinking about coming here today. Well, how can I share with people about how to be successful when I feel like I'm on that journey myself? Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the mindset that you may set a goal for yourself and then you, you set that next goal. And so you just, it's a, con- a continual series of goals. And then the next thing you know that you turn around. Mm-hmm. But one of the things about growing up in Detroit um, and growing up across the street from Barry Gordy, just like any other kid who grew up in Detroit, Barry Gordy represented the local kid who made good for a lot of people. Mm -hmm, And so he was a role model, someone that said, you know, here I took what I had working with myself and with my family, but with not much more. And I created something. And so that's an inspiration in and of itself to be able to see someone that's successful. But People like, you know, who are successful don't always have to be like Barry Gordy. You can, mm-hmm. your parents are successful. You know, I grew up, you know, they have this, you know, my mother, tiger moms have nothing on my mom. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. she was a tiger mom before I think that term, that term was ever coined. And I always laugh because people know my brother, Ken, and they know me and, my mother raised two alphas. I mean, so it's like, I, how does she do that? Well, she right. just got yeah. that kind of mentality. You know, our, my father died when, when we were 12, so it was the three of us. Mm. And, you know, we just worked, and she always encouraged us, and she always uh, told us that we were doing great things, and she would always get us to, to move to the next level, and she'd always mm. get us to think strategically about where we wanted to be and what we wanted to do, and she encouraged those dreams. She was as invested in the things that we did as we were. I remember very vividly doing um, a project for school about Egypt. And, you know, my father was a photographer, and so we had cameras, and we knew about slideshows and things, like the little slides that you get back mm-hmm. in the day. So she and I went to the to the museum. We took pictures of the, the slides, and then she encouraged me to go to school, and I took this little slide projector. Now, what kind of kid in you know, fifth yeah, or sixth grade right. has wow. a, a slide projector? Wow. It's like, here we are at the, you know, the, the, wow. to the crypt of this person <laughs> and this king and everything. So she was always encouraging us to be extra, as would mm-hmm. be the thing. She's yeah. always mm-hmm. Put in 110%. You know, my grandfather uh, grew up playing baseball at the Negro Leagues. And so, oh, wow. And, and so, in growing up, he would teach us about the importance of work and, mm-hmm. and, and the work ethic. Um, he, he accumulated properties and, and my cousins and I would work in these properties growing up. And so, you know, we were, you know, plastering, you know, plastering walls and laying tile yeah. and doing plumbing. And he always had this, um, concept that you should have a profession and you should have a career, meaning that if, if times got tough, I know how to paint a house. <laughs> if right. I really got like that, I can yeah. do that. But there was never, um, there was never ever a concept of no in our mm-hmm. family. It's like no is not an option. It's like just ask. And my mother always told us, and in fact, I talk about it in my book. One of the things of the quotes that she said is always never tell yourself no. 
There are so many people mm. out there who will tell you, no, you don't need to be one of those people, wow. which is exactly how wow. I get to where I am. Like, yeah. how did you get the Barry Gordy house? Well, you know, no one told me that it was crazy to write right, him a letter to, do, that. to yeah. do it. You know, but let, was, So let's talk about that, though, mm-hmm. because the house was not for sale. Mm-hmm. Correct. It was not. And now you were in Washington, right? Mm-hmm. As Correct. Working as a tax attorney. Right. And then you came back home, mm-hmm. right? And so walk us through that. Well, um, the, the, there's a part of the story that goes back to when I was a kid. Just a okay. quick digression. Well, when before I, you do that, I wanted, I, I've been wanting to ask you, when did you... When you were a kid, when did you realize that he was important? Did you always know it or did it, you know, that Barry Gordon, that you lived across the street and he was this big guy or what? You well, know? I, I don't know that I never necessarily thought it was being important until mm-hmm. I realized the impact. Because remember, he's local. I'm mm-hmm. local. Right. And when you're living in Detroit, you're like, that's Barry Gordy's house. It's across yeah. the street. Yeah. It's not till so you not get out deal. into the world and uh-huh. you see Motown and right. what it means to the world mm-hmm. that you realize this guy was across the street from me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had a okay. sense. Yeah. We all grew up listening to records and right. dancing at the house and everything else. Um, but, you know, when you're local to Detroit, you have just the the gift of having these wonderful artists mm-hmm. who are here yeah. in our neighborhood yeah, in our right. communities that are performing. They right. are at the grocery store yeah. shopping or <laughs> right. whatever. And you don't really appreciate just how great it is right. to have this. It's like I would imagine how people in California live in Los Angeles that they're eating lunch and next to them is right. you know, Ron Howard right. or somebody right. famous. It's yeah. just kind of like their life. Mm-hmm. But when I was younger, one of the things I did was um, – I watched this movie called The Red Shield with Tony Curtis, and it was about this young um, guy in the Renaissance time was found in a shield, raised by this this village family. He never knew who he was. Mm-hmm. When he became a young man, the, the his father, stepfather, or adoptive father pulled out the shield and said, here's the shield. You were found in it. Go find your destiny. He goes out. He finds his father was a, a knight who was accused of treason but was actually supporting the king and blah, blah, blah. Well, it got me interested in heraldry. That was the whole point because it had this red shield. Mm-hmm. And so, he, you know, I said, what is this about? So, of course, I write. I said, said, you know, how can I find out about heraldry? And my mom's like, well, you know, it's English and you know, I'm reading. And so I decided in my mind at the time I was 11 or 12, I said, in my mind, the Queen of England is going to know about coats of arms because that's England, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I, I, I'll never forget it. I, would, I was, my mother's working in the front yard and I come out and I go, mom, how do I write a letter to the Queen of England. You know? Wow. And so she's like... And you were 11. She, yeah, 11 or 12, 12 in that area. Yeah. So I write a letter and mm-hmm. she goes, well, you know, you just write a letter. So I go and write a letter and I have my best penmanship and the line paper. Oh, and like, the and I come back and I go, mom, how do I address a letter? And she's at this point, she's kind of fed up with me. So she goes, I said, what's the Queen's address? That's what she said. <laughs> I don't know. She goes, London, England. I don't know. You know so I write an envelope and I write Queen Elizabeth, London, England. Oh and then gosh. I said, Mom, how many stamps am I going to? She's like, just get some stamps, whatever. She's, but it's clear that wow. she wasn't paying attention to me. She was in the garden working mm-hmm. and I was at that point a pester to her. So I get, the, I go in her, her purse, get some stamps and I walk to the corner and put an envelope into the mailbox and I don't think you anything did? else of it. Wow, I did. So about a month later, my mom comes into my room with this envelope in her hand and she's like, Cynthia? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, and it had this this 
the seal, seal on the on back wow. that was oh, wax seal with gosh. ribbons and all this kind of stuff. And, and she and it had Buckingham Palace in the corner on it. And my mom was like, um, Cynthia, <laughs> why are you getting a letter from Buckingham Palace in mm-hmm. England? And I was like, you remember you told me? You know, like, she's, she's like, I don't believe oh you did that. You know? so I opened it up. It was a letter from Queen Elizabeth that oh, basically talked gosh. to me about the College of Heraldry that was wow. in England if I was interested in pursuing. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks later, Roots mm-hmm. came out, and I realized that wasn't my family journey. <laughs> right. so, yeah. so I said, "Okay, well, you know, uh-huh. I need to write another letter or something." But, but that, and the reason why that story is important was because that reinforcement by getting a letter back from the Queen of England was had shaped me as a person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I came I from Washington, D.C., and I was a partner in a, a law firm, I was chairman of the tax department law firm, um, I came back from uh, Detroit to Detroit to be near my family, and I stayed with my mom because I had to get my bearing straight on Detroit. I didn't know where to live, what mm-hmm. to live, and yeah. you know, I left mm-hmm. at the age of sixteen. When I was sixteen, the hot mall was like Fairlane, mm-hmm. you know, and I come back like, oh, it was Somerset now, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So it was yeah. all things. So I so I stayed with my mom, and I noticed when I was going to work, I would drive past this house, and it was always the shades were cocked a certain way, and this and you know the the walk always a certain way the lock on the door on the gate the gate was ajar a certain way and it just looked like it wasn't lived in I mm-hmm. couldn't tell but everybody said oh yeah there's people there but I, it didn't look like it to me so you know that's one of the things about success is you follow your own inner mm. spirit of what to do and so that's something so says mm-hmm. you know that's not doesn't look like a lived in house so I had one of the paralegals at our my law firm research who owned it and he pulled up the information and I found out that it was owned by Barry Gordy. So I wrote a letter to to Barry Gordy's attorney of record, which was listed on the deed at the time, and said, you know, I, I'm interested in the house. And what I did was I went back to the library. Again, these stories come back. I researched the house. I went to the Burton Collection and I found out about the owners and the history. And in the letter, I wrote to Barry Gordy. I said, you know, I think a house like this deserves to be part of the community. I feel like, you know, it's it's an important part. When I, I talked about growing up across the street and how we'd see this how we'd see the stars come to the parties. And I felt like the house needed to be part of the community of Detroit. Oh, wow. And that it could it could be used for that purpose. And so I wrote and then I talked about the history and everything. So I got a call a few weeks later from his attorney and said, you know, he was very impressed with your letter and Wow. And they said, you know, over the years, many people had approached him about buying that house. You know, people far more wealthy, mm-hmm. far more famous than I am. Um, oh, wow. And he had always declined the invitation. And so he was moved by the fact that I love the house because as a, as the story goes, and I found out many you know, years later, he loved the house. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that it was a showcase for him. He actually loved the house. It was yeah. a beautiful house. Oh, and yeah. he wanted to make sure that the legacy of it was protected mm-hmm. and that it was going to be cared for by someone who cared for the house and and not someone that was going to exploit the house right. or who was going to strip it. It was one of those few houses in Detroit that remains intact with its original architecture and fixtures and things like that. And so he um, allowed me to purchase it. And so that wow. was how that story happened. But, so now were you wow. were you... Were you surprised or were you like you you knew the approach like when you sent the letter and everything? So when he he said, OK, you know, I'm open to it. So 
I mean, did were you surprised at all, or are you just with? Like, I had calm no expect. I had no expectations okay. about because this is a very wealthy man. Mm-hmm. He's clearly mm-hmm. has the house. He doesn't have to sell it. He's not not under any financial right. stress to sell right. it, and he was maintaining it. But it goes along the lines of what my mother said: never tell yourself no. I was just that's, that's what I was thinking you know. when you when exactly. you said yeah. And so he because sometimes I'll say yes, yeah. And so that's what happened. Yep. He said yes, yeah. I will sell you this house, mm-hmm. and so you know we we came up with a price and I purchased it. And so that's that's basically the story. But it is a story of of never telling yourself no and having that inner courage to take the next step. And mm-hmm. I think that as I was thinking about success and those those kinds of things, certain thoughts came into my mind. I was trying to kind of give, you know, little alliterations. And so I said, well, it's planning it's preparing, but then the other, you know, trying to keep a P word in, in place is put in motion mm-hmm. or to activate right. because we can sit and plan and dream, exactly. but planning and pre- even planning and preparing is just daydreaming until mm-hmm. you have action to move right. forward. That's it. And that's kind of a big picture kind of thing because if you consider buying a house a success, well, that's what happened. You know, I, I prepared for it. I thought about it. I had my angle. My pitch to him was... Mm-hmm about the history of the house because it was true for me as well. I really did feel that a home like that needed to be part of the community and I made it my effort while I owned it to mm-hmm. open it up. You know, I had fundraisers for the United Way and fundraisers for I think that big, was wonderful. Big yeah. brothers and big sisters. Right. I had, mm-hmm. you know, a letter carrier came to my door and said, you know, um I'd like to get married here. I can't afford, you know, anything. But I let her have her wedding at my house. It was wow. a dream, her quote wow. unquote dream wedding. Yeah. And I was happy to do wow. that for her. Wow. So that's, um, I think that's the se- one of the secrets of success. And when I say that you never understand how you get there, that's what I mean. It's like I, I never would have thought that buying a house would be considered a success, you know, mm-hmm. or restoring mm-hmm. it. Like when I restored the house, I, I won awards for the historic preservation and restoration of that property from the state of Michigan, from the governor's office and things like that. Well, it, it wasn't my intention to do that, but that comes from that ethic of wanting to make it the best that I could right, right. and to do a comprehensive job. And then again, because I'm kind of, you know, maybe, uh, OCD, you know, I kind of documenting every step mm-hmm. of the way to show the before mm-hmm. and the after and everything else. But that's because I had a passion for it. And I think right. that's the thing about you success. Well, yeah. you were staying true to what you t- told yeah. Barry Gordy, yeah. too. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, it, just, it, it always happens. It, it always helps if you tell the truth yeah. when, you're, when you're making that kind of pitch. I, I, I have a quick. How long did it take from the time you mm. sent the letter uh-huh. yeah. Good to, to the time that... Um, not that you actually purchased it, but from the time that you made up your mind to send the letter and mm-hmm. then him receiving the letter and, and saying, OK, I will sell it. So how long did all of that process take? Well, uh, it was a little bit of time. I came here in 2001. Mm-hmm. I came here the week after 911 because mm-hmm. I remember that leaving D- D- D.C. in that chaos. Mm-hmm. And I started talking. I found the house in February across the street and wrote the letter in February. Mm-hmm. And I bought the house in November of that year. So back oh, and forth. Wow. And it took a little bit of time. But that's, that's still pretty 
quick because I, I just thought you were going to say, oh, probably like a year or something like that. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, it yeah. takes, you know, you're negotiating yeah. back and forth yeah. and, you know, it's a large house and you want to have it, you know, investigated and everything. Mm-hmm. Although it wouldn't have mattered to me mm-hmm. as long as it was still standing. It. It. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was a beautiful house. And now, I did he ever to... come and see what you did? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, that was wow. one of the wow. stories. I, think I may have told <laughs> I the wanted story. to ask her that for the longest time. No, no, like... no. I mean, my fam, I've been in, intertwined with uh, Gordy since that, uh-huh. you know, that I'm wow. part of the family, mm-hmm. so to speak. But um, when I uh, first finished the kind of the first phase of the restoration, I was at work and I get a, a, a call from my cousin. You better get down here quick because Barry Gordy's at the house and your mom won't let him in. <laughs> Until you get here, he wanted to see the house, and she wants you to be here to see it. And so he was standing on the front porch, and I was like, tell her to let him in the house, please. I'll be there as quickly as possible. And she's like, she's like, I want my daughter to show you the house. And I told her she's a tiger mom. She loves her cubs, you know. So, so um, I, you know, I, I get on my get in my car, and I'm kind of zipping from downtown here like the witch on the Wizard of Oz, you know, <laughs> Were you nervous? No, no, I wasn't nervous. I was excited. I was Uh excited for him to see what we had done, and I was excited to be able to show it to him Mm -hmm. and and to talk to him about it because I knew he loved the house. And so I wanted him to see how well we were taking care of it and to show that we were keeping true to it. And so, you know, he comes in with his entourage, and, you know, one of the stories is, you know, my mom's like, you know, couple of master's degrees and a ph towards a phd and mm-hmm. very very well spoken well re- very reserved woman but he comes in with his entourage and the last person the entourage is Smokey robinson oh, oh wow she <laughs> lost it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, i would lose it for exactly yeah. she's just like oh, yeah. <laughs> oh okay but um but you know they walk through and then when they left he you know he gave me a hug and and uh and said, you know, I'm so happy I sold you this house. You, wow. you, you got the legacy. You understand the legacy mm-hmm. of this house. And that just meant the world to me. You know, right. and so over the years, we've, you know, kind of kept in touch. We went to the White House for an event for Motown's 50th, and I was invited there. And wow. we talked oh, nice. then, and I've seen him at some other things throughout mm-hmm. the city when he's coming to town. So it has been um, a pleasure to be able to to share that journey with him mm-hmm. and to be able to have that experience with him. But It's a beautiful house, and you, you – you did oh, a wonderful job. Yeah, well, thank you. And it's now being taken care of by someone else mm-hmm. who and has you, a love of music. And, yeah. and I'm sure I'm excited to see the things that he's going to do. And you okay, went yeah. sort of the same, did the same process that Barry Gordy did. You were pretty selective on who was Yeah, the house was on the, the market. I've heard so many stories about why the house was on the market for so long. But oh, it was making up stories. Oh, now, huh? well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm learning this about uh-huh. being in the public. People yeah, have their own opinions about why they think I do what I do. But, um, you know, part of it was trying to find the right person. And, mm-hmm. and there were people who um, presented that I just said no because I didn't think that they were in the right place for it. You mm-hmm. know, they were kind of inventorying the assets of the house as they're walking oh, through. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, you know, I just get a little spidey sense yeah. about stuff. And so yeah. right. that wasn't that wasn't uh, for me. And mm-hmm. fortunately, we found someone that was in the entertainment arena and the nonprofits and, and particularly with working with musical, you know, groups, opera houses and things like mm-hmm. that. So, wow. like I said, I'm very excited to see the next uh, phase of yeah. the mm-hmm. of the property and what where it goes from here. So yeah. wow, wow, that's fantastic. So cool. yeah. You know, one of the things that you said was you plan, you you uh, you prepare, and then you put in action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is, and, and it's like you said, a lot of people can plan. You come up with a lot of ideas, but mm-hmm. it's 
that next step of putting things into action. Now, it sounds like your mom did a phenomenal job, your parents, mm-hmm. of conditioning you or raising you to understand that you set your mind to something. Don't let fear hold you back. You mm-hmm. just do it. But most people don't have that. They mm-hmm. stop when it's time to put something in action. How do you, or what would you tell people? How how do you, how do they, how do we rewire our brains? Well, you know, my parents had a lot too, but it also takes a village. My grandfather was in, you know, because you look at the role models around you and you that, see the people true. that are doing those mm-hmm. things as well. And even now, you know, my cousins are all very active in the things that they do. I think that whole family line were all probably alphas. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm thinking through my cousins and I can't think of any one of them that's more of a, a passive personality. Uh-huh. I mean, we all yeah. are very strong personality types and all work hard. But I, I think that for me, the strategy of it and it's something that Judge Damon Keith said to me when I talked about the house and you know, just what it's going to be to to kind of restore this place. And he said it's the African proverb of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times we get overwhelmed by the enormity of the project that we have placed before ourselves Mm -hmm. that we forget that in order to get there, there are sequential steps. And even today, um, what I do is every year I sit down and I have a, a plan and I do goal setting and I say, this is what I'd like to accomplish by this point in, at the end of the year. And here are some steps to get there. The beauty of it and what I've learned is that those steps may not be the steps that end up being taken to get right. to that to get goal. To that point. Right. And that's that brings me up to some other kind of what I call codicils to those original rules. And and to use the reference of the movie that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. it's really important to be like water. Mm-hmm. And that is water finds its level. It finds its way. Or to the younger generation from Toy Story, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse, Jesse finds a way. Mm-hmm. Jesse does a little <laughs> character, which is, hey, the millennial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to figure out how to, to circumnavigate the obstacles that you have because there are going to be obstacles. There are obstacles that are external. And for some of us, there are obstacles that are internal. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I, why am I doing that? You know, and, and we might have those and it's okay to have that healthy fear, but it's how do you navigate around that? How do you encourage yourself? How do you move forward with that in your heart, you know, to know that and how to do that? And that's really where you, you've got to take that. And so sometimes I think of when I get overwhelmed with things, I say, okay, what's the, what's the step I have to take? Now, mm-hmm. don't think about 20 steps that what's the step that I have to take now? Oh, the step I have to take today is to eat healthy mm-hmm. and to not to to go off and eat a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And if you trust those building blocks, those pennies will add up to the dollars. You, those little steps will oh, like get you to where you yeah, need to go. To yeah. And so I also like that you called it a healthy fear. Right. 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 Well, we all have yeah. fear. I mean, right. I mean, but you're right, though. Fear is not a bad thing. No. Right. I mean, we have to have fear. That's how we survive. Exactly. That's called a survival instinct for some people, you know, right. so you have that <laughs> right. as well. I mean, because you could, and, and so putting it not only in, in terms of survival, but it could be do I spend that money buying that house? The healthy fear about, well, I've got to pay my mortgage for my home myself, you know, so that healthy fear is there. It helps us to balance, it helps us to make measured and calculated 
calculated risks towards those goals. So you may say, oh, I've got to pay my mortgage. So I'll, maybe right now is not the time for me to buy that investment property. Or maybe now is not the time to do that. But let me maybe have a contingency fund. I'll save up for that goal if I want to buy a property or buy an investment property. It may not be that I can do them both now. And you still achieve that goal of maybe having investment properties, but it doesn't happen in the way that you imagined. Mm-hmm. And so, right. and that's okay. And that's the next thing to think about another codicil, which is to forgive yourself and to be kind to yourself because you, it doesn't manifest your goals don't manifest in the way that you project them to be doesn't mean that they are you're not working towards or achieving those goals so that if you say for example i went off and i had um dinner a, a lavish dinner with my friends on saturday where i blew my caloric intake for the day that doesn't that doesn't beat don't beat my I'm not going to beat myself up about that because that's part of life and that's mm-hmm. part of living and people have setbacks and people have challenges that's okay but what you need to realize is you got to get back on track mm-hmm. the next day mm-hmm. and so that's part of what I say with skinny thick so if you have if you mess up for a meal don't put it off to next Friday or next Saturday most of us say I'm going to start on Monday, Monday. <laughs> start the next meal yeah. just pick it up at the next well, meal spe- and get back speaking on track. of skinny thick right. how how did you decide to start how did I decide to start? Yes. Well, when I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without like okay. huffing and puffing, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, I think it's as I've gotten older, you know, I realize how important our bodies are and the vessel that it is. And, you know, I just wanted to be healthier. I wanted to do things uh, more. And I also, you know, realize that that's important. I'm late to the game on that. Not mm-hmm. going to beat myself up about mm-hmm. it, but I'm here now and I'm trying to do that. And so I decided to do that for me. I don't, tell people to do it for themselves. So I, I, what I feel like with Skinny Thick, and the reason why I call it that mm-hmm. is that I grew up thinking that you, in order to be accepted, in order to be healthy, at 5'10", I'd have to weigh 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's just my mindset. In my mind, people weigh 100 pounds or they weigh 500 pounds. I really have I have body no dysmorphia for everybody. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, like 100, maybe 150, <laughs> and then like 500. So everybody is either like, you're 100, mm-hmm. you're 150. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean you right. could be like 120 or whatever, uh-huh. but it's like there's small, medium, and large, mm-hmm. basically. And so, um, you know, what skinny thick for me is that at some point when I lost weight, I realized that you can have weight on you and still be healthy. So I have on my you know website links to some models that are would be considered to be overweight. So you've got Ashley Graham, you've mm-hmm. got I love her. um yeah, I you've got too. a yeah. few other people who are curvaceous mm-hmm. who are healthy. Jill Scott, you know, mm-hmm. it's right. like it's okay to weigh 200 pounds if you're 5'10 and you're healthy right. and you're moving. So that's what, and so that's a bit of the forgiveness is that we all don't have to be right. that size. And if you're, if you are 120, that's fine too. If that's your right. body size, that's it. But don't beat yourself up if you're 200 mm-hmm. as long as you're healthy and you've got right. your curves and you're, and you're moving forward. So it makes it, so I've redefined success to be not at 120 for me, but maybe in that range mm-hmm. uh, between 150 and 200, mm-hmm. something a little higher. So something that's achievable and something that can be maintained. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of another way to think about success. And that's another thing to think about with success is how are you defining it and the need to redefine it as the circumstances change and you gain more knowledge about what the reality is. Because when you start something, you may think this is what it's supposed to look like. But as you get into it and as you learn and as you educate yourself, you you redefine that 
to be realistic for what your journey is. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's not a sign of failure. And that's one of the things that our, that our mom was very good at is to kind of think about what success looks like. So I remember very vividly when I first bought the house, I lived in the house with my brother and my two cousins that were all in our forties and none of us had kids. None of us were married. And so what that means is we had four people that didn't know how to live with other people. <laughs> it was like, Did that work? Exactly. It's like it's a, you could be in a nine bedroom mansion and not have enough room for four people wow. because you know, everybody's got, you know, everybody's yeah. got to have a bedroom. Everybody's got to have an office. The guys wow. needed to have a man cave. The women needed, of course, to have a wrap room yeah. because you need to wrap your gifts and things like that. And we needed a place in case our parents came to visit or a friend came into town. Now it's a nine bedroom. I'm up to like 12 rooms now, right? <laughs> and we have to have, but that's the point. But, but the point, but the point is in terms of, of, uh, that is, um, I can't remember my point that I was going with, with respect to, uh, being kind to yourself. But the, the thing is, is that everyone has a vision of success and how that's going to look. And so how you define it right. is going to mm-hmm. be important. How you redefine it is going to be important. So, and, and, and I think it makes another success thing look too with, with this is I, I love that you're, I have two questions for you. I think of a statement and a question. So mm-hmm. I think now a days too with, cause I've noticed even with my own like, journey or whatever uh-huh. you know there's in the media there's such a there's a pressure of what beauty is you yes. know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like you know i was like for a long time i was like okay i've got to get laser hair removal i've got to get you know i've got to get my teeth straightened i've got to get them whitened i've got to get rid of the stretch marks on my legs i got to get rid of the dimples mm-hmm. on my ass like it was all <laughs> these things you yeah. know and then finally one day i was like Society no i don't that. have to do any right. of that i like right. my stretch marks i don't care that my teeth aren't perfectly straight i don't mm-hmm. care that they're not perfectly white like i have acne scars like i just stopped caring mm-hmm. about what the norm of beauty is you mm-hmm. know because the truth is is that i mean i'm a spiritual person you know i know we it sounds like we all are. And I was like, you know what? This is the vessel that I was given by God. And mm-hmm. it's to me, it's sacred. Like, mm-hmm. I have the stretch marks. I have the scars. I don't care. It's how I got to where I'm at. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think it should be celebrated however, you know, shape, size, color you come in. It's beautiful no matter what, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I worked at a gym and I know how hard the struggle of, you know, of getting into a healthy, you know, lifestyle can be for people. So it's amazing to me that you've taken it a step further. It's one step is hard enough just to take that journey on, mm-hmm. you know, to change. It's a huge undertaking to say, okay, you know, what? I'm not living the healthiest lifestyle. Those are so many steps that you have to take to do that. But then you're sharing it with the world, right. which I mm-hmm. think is right. So amazing. Because it, that. yeah. that's Ex- scary. I mean, well, that's uh-huh. exactly you know, to put that out there and say, right. Here's my struggle. This is what, you know, I'm doing every day. Like, you know, there's people are mean, like, yes, <laughs> you know, and like are. to to just say, you know, this is my this is my journey and like put it out there for the world. I just think it's amazing. Well, and I want I want to talk about that, too. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to what led to that decision for you to start a vlog and, and, and have the journey and document it for yeah, everyone mm-hmm. to see. Right. Well, there are a couple of things that started the journey. I want to be a YouTube superstar. <laughs> Which I have, to, I have to tell you. So when yeah. we were at the Motown Mansion, right. you were say, you said that to us. You said, well, I want to be a YouTube sensation. Mm-hmm. And you said it just like it's attainable. It's yeah, matter of fact. I'm going to go do yeah. it. And it, we just sat there and went, really? Mm-hmm. But then I just have to go on to something else because in your book mm-hmm. under confidence, which uh-huh. I, I just thought this was fascinating, um, 
So this book, first of all, I want to talk about the Seasons of Sisterhood. Now, this was uh, – did you write all, all of these? Uh, I wrote all of the meditations. You did? They're taken – they're inspired by quotes right. from the women at the right. top who are members of my sorority. But I wrote all of it. Yeah. You did? Okay. Wow. Okay. So the confidence one, it says – and I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it mm-hmm. says, no one wants to be around a loser. Would you want to spend time associating with the person who lacked confidence of her convictions? Of course not. Mm-hmm. And that's what you were doing the day that we met you. Mm-hmm. Every media person that you talked to, you said, well, I want to be a YouTube sensation. Yep. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that one of your goals you wrote for the year? No, it wasn't one of my goals. Oh, okay. The goal I wrote for the year uh-huh. was to just be healthy okay. and to, and to okay. work on And like you said, it maneuvered the water, maneuvered you a different maneuvered direction. The water. Right, right, okay. exactly. But, I got it. But to answer your question about why I put myself on Jump Street like that is mm-hmm. that um, I wanted a witness because mm. it's easy for people to uh, hide and eat and right. hide and do things like that. I remember right. one of my healthy weight friends and I, you know, we. I remember we went and got some ice cream, a Haagen-Dazs, mm-hmm. and we ate the whole pint. And her boyfriend was coming over with dinner. And we ate the pint before dinner. And she took the pint and put it at the bottom of the garden. <laughs> she goes, who knows to look on the top? So we've got to, like, hide this. Oh, under that is so funny. <laughs> it's like that, that sneak eating. Right. And I, that's the right. first that's the first time I have yeah. ever seen anyone do that, but I live alone, so I don't have to yeah, buy right. my stuff. So I can just yeah. put it on the top, uh-huh. and she lives with her boyfriend, so they, she's hiding stuff at the bottom. Like, he's not going to see it when he picks up the trash can bag, but whatever. Well, but, and it is easier to lose the weight, go through that, and then go and do the vlogs and, and right. Yeah. Right. see it. Exactly. Um, it, it's funny because I just, uh, this year, have... A, a mantra, which is be comfortable being uncomfortable, and that's been mm-hmm. that's my goal this year. Okay, uh, but I have to be honest with you, and I put it on my tagline for my emails and the signature. Mm-hmm. And when I started sending emails, I got nervous just right. having that tagline there, and I started right. um, analyzing it and getting paralyzed, <laughs> right. thinking. I should delete this. Uh, I, I don't want people to know I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with everything, right. but I am. Right, right. It's so. I don't know. How do you do that? Well, I mean, I think that there are well a couple of things I want to say is one is that I just do it. Like I said, success just arrives. And so just to to let your, your readership know, if they want to find out more about Skinny Thick, just go to skinnythick.com. And that's my website where you can find the blog, blog. And it has a link to my YouTube channel. So you can link on the videos and you can follow me. And we put up the, the posts there every week. And then the book you were talking about, Seasons of Sisterhood, is uh, for sale at jgapress.com. JGAPress.com. Is Season that on Sister. your website also, the book? Uh, it's like not the on link? the Skinny Thick. Uh, link is not there. This okay. is a separate um, publisher. Okay. It's JGAPress.com. And um, it's a book of meditations. And, and I that, love the book. Yeah, I, I think it's real fun. And I, I think it speaks it. truth right. to a lot of people. It does. And I'm glad that you're enjoying it. But to, to, to go back to answer your question, I think it's just important to – for me, I was doing it for myself, not for other people to view it, but I did it because I said I want to be able to be accountable to someone. I, I want people to see this journey and I want to, to inspire them and I want them to inspire me. So it's really a dialogue. I, I want the feedback too, like, hey, keep it up. You're doing great. Or, you know, this is what you do. I ask people questions like, you know, how do you, you know, what do you do when you get depressed? You know, how do you get out of that depression? You know, right. how do you, you know, I, I, I realize that in the winter months, I tend to be 
depressed because it's so right. dark out. Right. Like as soon as the, right. we went back to daylight savings yeah. time, yeah. I was like, "Damn!" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a, like a flower. Like, uh-huh. But when we go into the wintertime, I was like, "Oh mm-hmm. man!" It's like I look outside; it's four o'clock, and it's mm-hmm. like midnight. I'm yeah. like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's part of why I I did that, and also to be inspirational to others and to to gather like minded people to me to try to do the same thing. So there are a lot of people that are on that journey, and it's a right. And for it's, for me, it's an evolution. You know, like when I first started, it was like losing weight. Then you know, and now I realize it's really you know, I'm like lifestyle change. And then mm-hmm. that was the next thing. And then I realized it's really a process. It's a journey because it's a mind, body, and heart trip that you're taking mm-hmm. to right. to to lose weight and to be healthier. And when you talk about success, and you talk about you know your challenges and, and your your insecurities, I'm thinking here's a successful person who's maintained body weight. I wish I could maintain body mm-hmm. weight, but you're maintaining body weight. And I'm sure that you go out and enjoy things that are maybe not the healthiest or fattening and fun, but you still maintain your body weight. That's success. And so you never know what you're doing and and that's kind of what I'm saying. How did I become a success? Well, you never know your success because it's not if you're not judging yourself. Other mm-hmm. people are looking at you right. and seeing you as a right. role model for success. Well, a couple things because um, unfortunately we're running out of time. Oh, we but, need another hour. <laughs> 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 well, what done. that means is we have to yeah, have somebody back. We got to okay? get her on the schedule. But she first leaves. of all, congratulations because <laughs> yeah, yes. you've lost like 34 pounds, I think, in 27 days or that something was, like that. That was the, the the little time for it. Totally, I've lost 62 pounds. Wow. Right, right. So it's a you know it's the thing that so third, but that's a that's an example of redefining success because I had that period of time I, I really cranked it up and uh-huh. I said twenty this last thirty four days I've lost twenty seven uh, thirty four is an odd number to pick right but that was yeah. the number uh-huh. to pick. It's like that's how I'm defining that success you know wow. so okay. you can, but if you think about it in the big picture it's like sixty two days over a period of time but yeah. I, I think well I was moving during that period of time and then Christmas happened so let me just start from you know uh-huh. January to now you yeah. know, whatever, were so. you nervous doing the first uh, vlog and then posting it. Like, did you? No, no, I wasn't nervous because I think I, I enjoy doing it. I, I have okay. fun doing it. Do you? you do you ever? Nervous. Yeah, no, not nervous. at all. Do you ever no, have self doubt or? Oh, I have self doubt walking in here. You did? Really? Yeah, you know, wow. like, am I going to be able to? You know. Entertain people are going to be able to communicate to people. What? Or are no. these guys going to like you know <laughs> snooker me on some you know? Where were you the night of August twelfth? So you know you yeah. never know what a person's thinking in their mind. You know, okay. I was, and, I, and also so you was, are human though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was thinking she oh, was like goodness. bionic. I know. Like, exactly. No, 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 exactly. <laughs> Can I just get a little bit of that brain? No, no. All right. Well, I know we're getting the signal here from Jess, so we're going to have you back though because. Yeah, we have, we have yeah. so much more. On your journey. Yeah, we yeah. are going to follow up. We have subscribed to it. Nora yeah. and I have. Love um, it. And I do have to say, um, it's called Skinny Thick, and you can go to the website. Um, you can subscribe on YouTube. And I have to tell you, watching it, it's not just about weight loss. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to see somebody that... You've been an inspiration to me. And me seriously, too. that's why I put that tagline, yeah. and I'm telling the world I'm uncomfortable uh, being comfortable, I, mean, I can't get comfortable being uncomfortable, and, mm-hmm. and right. that's my mantra. And that's really something that I watched you and said, right. "Okay, she goes around saying she's going to be a yeah. YouTube sensation. Yeah. I can put this tagline and just work on it, and it's going <laughs> to be okay." So Absolutely. I thank you for that. Uh, we have the link uh, 
posted, I think, on our page. Um, We will also post it when we uh, repost it again when we post the interview. And then again, this is a great book, Seasons of Sisterhood, um, and it's meditations, and it's just fantastic. And we do have to ask you one more quick question, though, because when we got our books, Nora has the we had the pink little did you randomly um put these uh, yes i did for each of you so you funny did? look like I they were just mine, up, mine says super i know <laughs> I, was, I, was, I wanted her so i was like give me that book <laughs> <laughs> what do you think she's telling me mine says prayer <laughs> oh no pray I, jackie I, pray. I, they were they were there were meditations that were that prayer one is actually my favorite one oh, that, that was oh, the first that was you, the see? first one i wrote that's the one that talks oh, wow. about how yeah. prayer fills the void between yep. where we are and where we want to be right See? That's that's my favorite one. That was yeah. the first one I wrote. No, yeah, I we love that you yeah. did that. And, you and, just and randomly put Tiger Mom. When I read that to her, she goes, oh, "That's wonderful." Who wrote that? I said, "I You should just put a book together." Yeah, wow. that's oh, it's beautiful. So. And so, once again, where can they get the book? They can get it at www.jgapress.com. Okay, it's online. Okay. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having and me. I, this was fantastic. We do need another hour with mm-hmm. you, though. So we're going to definitely keep up with the journey and have you back. Um, we got to do our fortune cookies. Yeah, we do have to do our fortune cookies. And let's end it with skinny thick today. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, I was thinking at the Motown Mansion. Nah, no, skinny, skinny thick. thick. Skinny let's thick. come <laughs> on skinny thick here. Yeah. All right. So, so the way this works, I throw the cookies, and then whatever way the prongs face, that means that fortune was meant for you. Okay. So let's see if I do a good job this time. Oh, okay. that's definitely uh, Cynthia's yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. This one? That one. Yeah, that one's mine. Okay. okay. One's mine. So Rocky, okay. go ahead and read it okay. quickly. And uh, we're, we, uh, the song that we picked for you is we wanted a Motown song. Uh-huh. And so we picked Ain't No Mountain High hey. Enough. Even though we know that's about love, but we're going to talk. We're going to say it's love for the goals. Right. Yeah, exactly. There is that no mountain good. high Okay, I think my fortune already happened. It said, traveling this year will bring your life into greater perspective. Oh. Skinny thick. Ooh. Skinny thick. Yeah. Skinny thick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Cynthia. Mine says, good luck will come in the springtime, skinny thick. Oh. Your next interview will result in a job at Skinny Thick. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. Give me that. No. Uh, mine says, you will make a sudden rise in life, skinny oh. thick. Wow. 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 Okay. Your determination will bring you much success. Skinny, skinny thick. thick. There you hey, go. That's so, a good one. Again, mm-hmm. Cynthia Reeves, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks and for it's Skinny always. Thick. Uh, YouTube. So, sometimes the only mode of transportation available is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith and happy hump day. Happy hump day. Happy hump day.